Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. Um, goodness gracious, man, there's so many people in here, it, it gets me nervous every time. That's good water. Some of that good Troy water that's... Uh, that's kind of hard. All right. Um, if we have not got a chance to meet yet, my name is Chase, and uh, didn't get to be here last week. I was out of town, but man, I saw what happened, and I was instantly jealous. Like, man, I, I, I was telling the team, I was like, dude, it is so crazy that, like, what happened is just a friend group and kind of a vision house now turned into something where it's like, hey, we, we packed out a gym. Like, praise God. Can somebody give a hand clap to the Lord? Just, man, I, it's, it's obviously nothing that we've done. It's just college students want to take advantage of, you know, I'm not going to just go to college and just go through the motions. I'm not going to just go to college and do the college things because I'll be honest, when I, when I did that, like, hey, like, we'll see you in my hometown. Like, hey, see you later. But like, it came together when college students were like, you know what? God has a calling on my life. God has an anointing on my life. And I'm actually going to do something with it. So if you serve here, man, thank you so much. I want to give a quick thank you to uh, the lights are so bright here. I can't even really see where Tyler is. So I'm going to guess he's back there in the back. But uh, Tyler, thank you so much. Can we give a round of applause for Tyler last week? Man, he killed it. Absolutely. I, I, I was kind of, I was, I was like, man, dang, I got to miss Tyler preaching. Like, that stinks. We'll, uh, obviously, the big crowd came out for him, so we'll have to let him do it again, no doubt. No doubt. I'm, I'm going to get to hear him. Um, just another thank you to everyone else that like, made last week happen, because uh, two of the people that really uh, helped get this thing all together were not here, and it still happened. That just shows that this isn't something that's just for maybe a friend group at one time. This is something that's like, no, nah, this is going to change not just Troy University, but maybe the world. Like it might start in just one friend group. It might start with just one person, but that's not where it's going to stop. Because I believe that our God will tear down whatever walls, break whatever chains He needs to do if we'll just accept the call that God's put on our life. Amen? Amen. So I've got a really cool uh, scripture to, uh, today. If you've got your Bible, will you turn over to... Uh, Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. If you don't have a Bible, you are Gucci because we got you covered, all right? We got you covered. We, it's going to be right up, right up there, all right? It's going to be right there. Um, so if you, if, if you need something to look at, just look up there and don't look at me. I've, uh, I've already been told, like I said, my name's Chase. I've already been told that I look like Napoleon Dynamite. I've, I've, I've been told that I uh, look like I'm from the movie Grease. Uh, so if we don't know each other yet, you can just come up and roast me, and then that'll just how our friendship will start. So uh, no hard feelings. Um, it, it, that gets us right into the scripture. Um, Grease and all that. All right, uh, so what's going on here, man? Um, Jesus is, is, is doing, his, uh, doing his due. He's rolling around with his crew, and he... Uh, you know, every, every good Christian should go to church on Sunday, so Jesus does just that. Jesus shows up to church, and it's a really cool circumstance because I think there's a lot that we can learn from this, this passage of Scripture. And again, this is Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. It starts off and says, Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Back then, that was a big no-no. On the Sabbath, on Sunday, you were supposed to do absolutely nothing. Like, I'm talking like Chick-fil-A type sh shutdown. Like, absolutely nothing. You ain't even going to open up the, the drive-thru. Nothing. So that, that's how the Sabbath, that's just a rule. That's the rule they went by. And they're kind of like waiting to see if, if Jesus, Jesus is going to like break the law. They're ready to see like, hey, look, this guy doesn't ever sin. He never breaks the law. Like, will you please give us something? So on the Sabbath, they're like, we're going to see what he's going to do on the Sabbath. So it continues and it says that... Uh, says that uh, Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand. I hate saying that verse because I feel like I'm about to rap. I'm about to go in one time. But it, it just says, it says, uh, 
Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, it says, stand up in front of everyone. I think sometimes our faith is something we want to just keep private. Like, hey, as long as I come to church, as long as I come to ministry on Thursday and church on Sunday, I'll be good. I like when Jesus says it, it says that He wants to show everybody what He's about to do. He's not going to just keep this thing where it's only just Him and the, like Jesus and this guy. No, He's like, I want everybody to see what I'm capable of because I am the healer. I am the Savior of the world. I'm not going to be kept in a box. I'm going to show the world what I'm capable of. So stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. First biblical mic drop we have. Mic drop. They remain silent. Says, it goes on to say, He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. Said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodines how they might kill Jesus. If you will, will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for today. God, I just pray, God, that this isn't a word that I speak, God. This is only what you're speaking through me, God. God, only you knew that it'd be just a bunch of college students in here, God, just coming under your name, God. And that I pray that tonight that we can really fix our focus on what really matters, God. That it's not about the mumbo-jumbo. It's not about it comes down so simply, and you make it so simple for us. God, I pray that we see that simplicity today. So, God, I ask that our hearts will be open, God, and that you'll speak fresh into them. In your name, amen, amen. Um, if you're taking notes, then you're obviously a Christian. Um, the name of this, uh, this little uh, this talk is uh, Focus on What Matters, Remix. So I, I got a chance to preach this actually this summer at a church, and I took the approach of like, hey, I, uh, if I get a chance to preach in front of a church, I want to tell them what this generation wants to tell the church. Like so often I hear... The, the younger generation is leaving the church. Like, younger generation is doing X. They just, just go on and on and on. And I was like, man, if I'm going to get the opportunity, if God has really opened up a door, I'm going to tell them what these people in this room want to tell the church. Because I'm tired of us just getting criticized the whole time. It's like, hey, there's several of us that are really passionate, really love Jesus, but maybe it might be some of you that are dragging us down. So I want to see a generation of young people that not just go through the motions, but actually live out this thing daily. So when I got this chance to, to preach, I, I said, you know, I want to focus on what really matters. I hear way too many times that, hey, look, like, the younger generation, all they do, all they do is party, all they do is drink, all they do is da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, man, like, if you were cr criticizing so many people that aren't Christians and maybe showed them the love of Jesus, then maybe they might feel like they could come around us every once in a while. So many times I hear friends and I'm like, hey, will you come to pursue with me? Will you come to church with me? And the answer is, no, I don't want to be around a whole bunch of hypocrites. And I'm like, you know what? Well, if, you're a if we're all hypocrites, we've got a seat for you too. If, you, if you're not perfect, then you're going to fit in just fine. But there's these walls that people have put up. They're like, no, nah, there's no way I'm going to get around a whole bunch of judgy people like that. So I wanted to just tell you, I thought it'd be kind of mixed up if I were to speak on kind of behalf of you, but not tell you what I said. So I had a couple of friends that actually got to come and and I'm not going to preach the same exact message, but the simplicity of it is going to be the same. So I um, want to start off. I, can I just get a hand raise of how many people are guys in here? And say, uh, like, full confidence, please. <laughs> Some of us are a little questionable. We'll, we'll worry about that later. All right, who in here, who in here, are, uh, who in here are freshmen? 
Cool, cool, cool. Um, uh, one thing that whenever you come up to college, everybody's like, hey, like, like, I want to meet my wife here. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the guys, that's all they say. Like, I want to meet my wife here. So I, I want to tell you a very practical, very easy way to tell that you've met your wife. Is that okay? Like, it's going to work every time. 100%. All right, so I, to just lay it out to, to start off. I believe that you should not date just to date. You should date to marry. Amen? Like, that's, this isn't something I just want to run around and kind of pick the best one, and then maybe, maybe so it, it just happens. Like, like, I believe you should date to marry. And, and, and I'll tell you what happens is, is that if you start, like, talking to a girl, what you should do is you should get in your car, it's you and her, and you should go to this really romantic place. You can go real slow. You're going to pull around back. There's probably going to be some other people there. So you pull around back, and how you're going to know is that the, you're going to hear this voice. It's going to say, welcome to Chick-fil-A. May I take your order? And you'll be like, man, I am in the place of the Lord. I'm taking off my shoes because I am in holy ground. Chick-fil-A. All right, so... How are you going to know? You're going to pull up, and you're going to listen real closely. You're going you're to listen. She's going to say, she says this, she's going to say, ah, can I get some chicken minis? At that point, you're going to know she's saved. Already saved. So you're like, all right, I'm in the car with a Christian. But this is when you're going to know. This is when you're going to know. She's going to say, the next thing, the next sentence out of her mouth better be, can I get an iced vanilla coffee? Can I get an iced vanilla coffee? And you're going to be like, man, I need to put a ring on that girl. Need to put a ring on that girl. So if you get in that situation, be like, hey, Chase has already preached on that. Already, no, this is my wife right here, right here. But sometimes you might, you might be rolling with some friends and it doesn't really go that way. Maybe you're like rolling around and you're like, hey, what you want to eat? Oh, man, I, I know I've been in this situation. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're like, hey, what do you want to eat? And that person replies, I don't care. And you're like, you don't care at all. Nothing. So you're like, this, this, is, this is just a tip. You say, how about Captain D's? Because there's no girl on this planet that likes Captain D's. No girl on this planet is going to say, take me to Captain D's on my first date. No girl at all. What I found out is that lots of people say they don't care. But a lot of people really do care. A lot of people will say one thing, but when it actually comes time to it, they actually care a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 let's apply this to church talk for a second. A lot of people will say, hey, we are for everybody. Come as you are. It don't matter who you are. Come on up in here. We're so excited to see you. And then right when they walk in, they're like, whoa. Hey, I, I didn't know they were going. I didn't know she was coming. I didn't know he was coming. Like, like hey, I got a reputation to like, uphold. Like, this ministry, this church has got, like, like, I got my image on the back of this. Like, like I kind of care. And I feel like that's one thing that, that us as, as ministries, us as churches, that's one thing that we've been saying a lot of, but when it actually comes down to it, we miss it. Because when somebody comes in here and they don't look like you do, they don't talk like you, they, like you do, they don't look like you, they don't, they're not from the same place you are, they don't know as much about the Bible as you do, right when they come in, then you start to care a little bit. Like, oh, no, like, this is, this is my ministry. This is just for the, my, my friend group. This is just for my sorority, my fraternity. Like, this is where we're going to grow. I pray that pursuit will never be that. I pray that when we say, hey, come as you are, I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you come from. I don't care how much money you do or don't have. You should be welcome here. And when we say that, we actually mean that. Because those are two different things. If you learn yet, like whenever a teacher says, catch this, catch this. All right, so like I went to California the other week and I emailed all my teachers and I got to meet a couple of them before I emailed them. I was like, hey, um, I'm going to miss. And uh, just if there's anything that happens in class that I can make up, please let me know. And in class the other day, they were like, hey, just email me. I'll let you, like, I'll email you back. 
no big deal, no big deal. So I emailed all these people because I thought they cared and they really wanted me to have a good grade. So I emailed them out of courtesy and they left me on red. Man, like, I, I don't know what happens to me a lot. Like, what's up with that? So a lot of people will say one thing, but when it really comes down to it, it totally means something else. It, they, don't, they don't live by that. And that's what I see, like I said, is we're in the, like, the church, the body, the ministry is that each one of us, we are all so different that we need to actually embrace that and say, like, look, you don't look like I do, but the only thing that unifies this whole entire gym is that we're all in need of a Savior. Amen. That's not something that's like, hey, like, like I'm here because I deserve to be here. Man, if you've ever gotten wrecked by grace, you know there's not a thing that you've done that has deserved you to be here. Like, it was Jesus who hung on the cross, not me. He took my place. So there's nothing that I've done. No, that the only thing that unifies us is that we're all in need of a Savior. Because the Bible says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And it also says that the wages of sin is death. So that means that somebody had to die, and that's where Jesus took our place. Amen. Praise God that we have a Jesus that didn't just come down here, sing the kumbaya. No, He actually went to the grave and died for us. He went to that cross. He stayed in the grave for three days. He actually did that. He didn't just say, I'm going to do it and not do it. He didn't back out. He went the full way. We need more Christians that when they say, look, I'm going to love you just as you are, even if you don't love me back, I'm still going to love them. Man, that's hard. Whenever I say, I'm going to do everything in my power to love everyone around me, but whenever somebody makes a snark comment, whenever somebody starts talking badly about me, that's when I want to shut off. That's when it gets hard. Whenever my friends start to reject me, whenever I start inviting people and they tell me no, like, no, this, we're saying, man, like, it's Jesus. It's all that He has done. So many times we get focused on these little bitty things that don't even matter. Like, we're talking about, like, man, what should you wear to church? Like, man, I'm glad that you're here tonight. So many people feel, like, how many times have you gotten the response of, like, I can't come to church with you because I don't have the right clothes? What is, where does that even say that in the Bible? Of like, you're supposed to wear this like certain outfit and then you can come. Like, man, we, we're starting to argue about these really stupid things that are just pushing people away. I worked with a girl this summer that she smoked cigarettes and she told me this story. She said that she'd be outside smoking and that somebody from my church went outside and just dogged her and was like, you need to stop smoking. You need to stop smoking because it's bad for you. It just makes you look bad. And then said, hey, you should come to church with me. Is anybody like, who would even say yes to that? Like, I think that sometimes as Christians, we feel like we sometimes have, like, somehow we can judge, and then we need to share the light of the gospel. Like, tell them how they're wrong, and then share Jesus with them. It's like, no, like, look, I need to share Jesus with you, and then we're going to work out. This faith is something that you get sanctified in, which means it's a process. This isn't just something where you're supposed to walk through those doors, hear a worship song, and all of a sudden your life's just changed. Man, there's some working that's got to go on. Like, you just showed up to a new place you just showed up to a new university and you're with new friends. Like, this is something that you've got to, like, you've got to pray and you've got to talk to God and say, God, like, this is all new to me. I don't know the answer in this situation. So I'm going to seek you in it because I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of a Savior. So like I said, there, there's only one thing that unifies us, and that's Jesus. One thing that I think is really cool to point out is that when Jesus came, he was hanging out with the sinners. In this story, he's hanging out with the sinners, but when he shows up to church, there's this group of people that they know all the right stuff. They know the Bible like the back of their hand, but 
when the Savior world is there ready to do the saving, ready to do the healing, they miss it. I pray that when God comes into this place, when God shows up in your life, you don't miss it. There's so many people that I feel like this Bible describes perfectly that miss their opportunity, that miss when the Savior of the world, if He were to walk right through that aisle and come up here, they just missed it. He's in a church just like we are. And we go back to the Scripture. Like I said, He walks in, it's just people just like us. He doesn't just come in just to like mark off the checklist like, hey, it's Sunday. I'm going to show up in my Lord's crib, in my daddy's crib. I'm going to show up. I'm going to sing the kumbaya, and then I'm going to leave. He doesn't just come just to like check this off. No, he comes in with a mission. He knows that his mission is, look, there's a guy here, and he's got a messed up hand. And there's not a single person in there that's going to save him, but he knows that that's on him. It's like, hey, like this is my time. This, I'm going to save this guy, and I'm going to do it where everybody can see, even the people who don't believe in me. He's there on a mission. And I think it's cool to point out that when this is all going on, that there's people that are sitting there watching to see what He's going to do. So many times in our life as Christians, we get to that point that we've been praying for. God, I'm just praying that You'll just open up a door where my friend will just let me talk about Jesus with them. And right when they open up that door, we get backed out. We get scared because there's other people around us and we care more about what they think about what our Lord thinks of us. I don't know about you, but I could care less about what the world thinks of me because when I became a Christian, it's no longer about the world. No, it's about Jesus and what He thinks of me. And if He fulfills me, then that's who I want to please. Because I'm not here to please these other people. I would rather focus on, if I'm going to focus on what matters, I'm not going to focus on the friends that I lost whenever I became a Christian. I'm going to focus on those people that I planted seeds in. I'm going to focus on those people that guys have opened up doors for. That's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to focus on anything else that doesn't matter. I'm going to simplify this because Jesus came to save the lost. That's who. Not the people that are sitting there waiting to judge. That's who He came to save. I think one thing that we could really put into practice is that, if you, here's a little, little tweetable quote for you. Sometimes I think we should read the Bible we're trying to beat over people's heads. Sometimes we should actually read that Bible that says all those things instead of beating people up a side of it and then trying to tell them what it says. And how about we actually crack it open and see where it says that I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself instead of, hey, I'm going to just go around judging people like I'm the Savior of the world. No, 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 no. I'm going to read this Bible. I'm going to read it and see what it actually says. I'm going to actually live by it. Because I tell you what, if you've ever been around a group of Christians, it's not hard to get thrown off. Like the world is on us. Like it's trying to attack us. We have to daily be sitting in that Bible making sure that our life is right. That I'm sitting right with the Lord. To keep on going, I think if we were to really leave this place focused on what matters, there's two things. I think Jesus says it best. He says, you know, they're asking, they're saying, Jesus, what's the most important commandment in the Bible? He replies, he says, love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And it says, love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't get any more simple than that. You've often heard the term, love God, love people. It's even more simple that way. Because I think lots of times we like to put that on our laptop, put that in our bio, but when it actually comes to someone this is this, this, the need of a Savior. That's not what we live by. We would rather focus on those things that I'm going to judge because of this. I'm going to judge because they sleep around. I'm going to judge because they like to drink and go out a lot. I'm going to judge because of this, this, this. No, when he says, love your God 
with all your heart, soul, and mind. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. When, you're, when we're talking about neighbors, we're not talking about just the person who lives next to your stinky apartment. We're talking about that person that's sitting next to you in your, in, in your classrooms. The people that are actually in your apartment. Man, it, like, this goes so much farther than that. So focus on what matters, and that's that I'm going to love people even when it's hard. I'm going to love people because that's what God told me to do. Because the world will tell you real quick, all you need to worry about is yourself. All you need to worry about is Chase. All you need to worry about is that next test, that next quiz. But when was the last time you took time out of your day to go talk to somebody who was struggling, that was in your life, going through a hard time, and they're like, man, I just ready to open up, and you don't really take the time out of your day, man. There's times that God is just opening up these doors. Are we going to have the faith to walk through them? That's what we said. If we're focused on what matters, I pray we never miss that. Here's another one is don't be so judgmental that you miss Jesus working in ways you can't explain. Oh, this is a good one. This is going to help somebody. Don't miss this. Don't be so judgmental that you miss God working in ways that you can't explain. There's going to be times that it doesn't make sense. God's going to be working in ways you're like, man, God, like I don't even understand. But if we let our judgment blind us, then we're going to miss this miracle that God's in the working of. Because these people were so focused. They're focused on what, don't, what doesn't matter, and that's the day. They're not, working, they're not even focused on the miracle of like, man, this guy all of a sudden had a new hand that all of a sudden it can work again. Like, praise God, it's a miracle. They're not focused on that. They're focused on the day. Like, what's up with that, man? Like, that's, that's so messed up. So out of sync. But if you let your judgment blind you, you're going to find yourself in that situation. If you're going to miss God working in your every single day life, that you're just going to miss when He's working. He's working each and every day. But if you get so judgmental, it's going to put a wall over where you can't see it. You're not going to identify. You're going to write it off as something that it's not. Had a really good, really good mentor tell me one time, he said, look, anything that happens to you, your ministry, anything whenever you're praying, saying, God, show through, like just, just show yourself. And He does, write it down. Because there's going to come a day and there's going to come a time when it's going to feel like, man, I feel like the world is on me. I feel like God's never helped me and the devil's just speaking right into my ear and I'm going to be able to open up that notebook and see like, man, we didn't even have a worship leader. We didn't even have a speaker. And all of a sudden, like God came through. If you know anything about the story of uh, the, the Pursuit Revival we did back in my hometown where like 200 people came, like so many people, we had to like, people were standing up in the back. We almost didn't even get that place because it was $400 to rent that place. And literally, God just came through, wrote us a check, and it was like, whoa, like, holy heck, like, these people were obviously put here for a reason, and they wrote it for the exact amount. Praise God. So I wrote that down, and whenever I'm feeling like, man, I don't understand if I see God working in my life right now, I open up that book and I say, you know, He did it here. He came through here. He's going to do it again. He's never failed me, but it's the devil who's speaking into my heart right now. Speaking into my mind. you got to have something where you can go back to and say, you know what, I remember that happy time. I remember when God came through. I think one thing that I get really frustrated about, and I've shared this with our team, is that oftentimes, as Christians, we expect non-Christians to act like Christians. Let me, let me rephrase that. Like Sometimes we feel like people who don't know Jesus don't know the Savior, don't know the forgiveness that He offers, are supposed to act like Christians. Like they're out there doing their due. We want to judge them and say, hey, they're not doing the right thing. But it's like, hey, they don't know Jesus. 
They don't know God. Why are we over there judging them, pointing the finger? They don't know Jesus. That's when you present the gospel to them. We've got a lot of Christians that like to do that, like to point the finger and say, look what they're doing because it makes us feel good. Like, at least, at least I'm not as bad as that person. At least I'm not doing that. I might have used to do that, but we're not going to talk about that. I'm, I'm, I want to look at that person. See, the whole reason that I came to Jesus is because my life might be a little bit harder, but it's going to be so much better. So if you're sitting in here tonight and you're saying, you know, I am a Christian and my life is better, don't expect to look at other people and be like, oh yeah, my life is a whole lot better than theirs is. I can tell you that. Because so many times we like to just take for granted. We like to just move on. We like to point the finger. Can we stop that tonight? Because save people... Say, people, they go talk about this good news. They don't just bottle it up. This is something they carry with them daily. And when those people they run across, they don't point the finger and say, you're wrong. They say, hey, look, I got a Jesus that I was struggling with the same things, and I'm no better than you are. But I want to share the gospel with you. There's so many friend groups in here that might have had a friend that didn't come tonight. It's like, oh, man, I've just been trying so hard to get them here. I've been trying so hard just to get them in church. I just met them. Keep trying, keep believing, but you don't point the finger and say you're wrong. You say, look, i got a Savior that can heal that. Praise God, there's no longer addiction, there's no longer a struggle, there's something that I used to have in my heart, but now Jesus has saved me from it. Praise God, praise God. i got three points for you and we're, we're going to be done. One sentence, though, to sum this up. I, I feel like if, if, if the message is too complicated, you can't sum it up in a sentence, then you probably overspoke. I think that this is the sentence... Jesus is the answer, not your judgment. A lot of churches like to everybody come in, it's the same people every single week, and they like be like, hey, man, golly, that, that person up there on the keys, that person up there on the guitar, man, they stink, man. I'm not like just criticism after criticism after criticism. And we don't need that. We don't need just your opinion just to bring somebody down. We don't need your criticism. What we need to do is build people up. We need to love people more often. So whenever you start feeling like, because I, I guarantee that like, it might be helpful advice, but the way you go about it might be pretty harmful. That you're just trying to help it out, like, hey man, that person missed a note. That guy's got way too skinny of jeans on up there. I'm just going to help him out. I'm going to tell him real quick that he looks like some dude off a movie, that he looks like some dude off another movie. I'm just kidding. I, I'm completely cool with it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, but, <laughs> but the thing is, is we don't... <laughs> Y'all get me riled up, man. I'm so excited to be back. I'm like, oh, man, I feel like I've just been working out up here or something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, golly, man. I, I, I'm telling you, it just blows my mind that like we've gotten to this point. It's like, man, what the heck? Like we were just sitting in a room and I feel like everybody hated me because I had like an idea and everybody was like, no, that's going to take a lot of work. Uh. And then like, I'm just like, man, like, like, and then all of a sudden it's this. And I'm like, man, I just get overwhelmed almost. But then I'm like, man, I'm about to like work out up here and like punch down in the face or something like that. Uh, me and my skinny tail, I'm going to get up there and do something. I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I'm strong. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the points. All right, three points. Three points, and, we're, and I'm going to get off this stage. All right, three points. Here we go. Number one, don't worry about being the smartest person in the room. Be the most loving. Oh, man. I don't know if anybody else has been convicted by this, but I have recently. Don't worry about being the smartest person in the room. Be the most loving. Oh, man, we got a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge, but they miss whenever Jesus is doing the miracle that's when they miss it. They know all the information that they need. And they're the very people that meet it. The smartest people in the room are not the most loving. They're not like, hey, dude, you just got your hand healed. Let me check that junk out. They're like, what day is it? 
Are you crazy? That's what kind of people they are. So I would encourage us, man, as, as college kids, one thing that we're kind of known as is being kind of arrogant, thinking that we know it all, myself. And like one thing that happens is that all of a sudden we feel like we know all the answers. I think one thing that speaks so loudly into our Christian walk is when we admit that we do not know something. When we say, look, like, I'll be honest, like, I know this is a pretty tough conversation that you've got some pretty big struggles in your life, but I'm going to go seek out some research. I'm going to go read my Bible. I'm going to look it up, but I'm going to get back to you with an answer. But admitting that, hey, look, I'm not the smartest person, but I am going to love you and I am going to be there for you. So don't worry about being the smartest person in the room. Be the most loving. That's the challenge. Number two, God still heals. God still moves. All we have to do is be disciples. We just need to be disciples. This is what Tyler talked about last week, is that so many times we get focused on what doesn't matter, like all this information that we miss, how simple the gospel is. Is that like, hey, we're all in need of a Savior, and I don't care what you're going through, what you've been through, Jesus is going to be better than that. I think that sometimes we write off that God still does miracles, that He still works in ways that we cannot explain. But if we will focus on, look, the Bible says that our God is, I mean, He's omnipresent. He, I mean, he can do what He wants to. We're, it's not what, cha- what makes sense to chase. This is like, I mean, this is God that we're talking about, the creator of the universe. So God is still going to move. He's still going to heal. But are we going to be disciples? Because the, the matter of the fact is, is that we have people in our lives right now that are in desperate need of the gospel. And we're too afraid to, sh- we're too afraid to scare, like, share it. We're too afraid. We just feel like we don't have enough time. And let me tell you, this, but this gospel, it has urgency. If you know anything about my testimony, I had a friend that I took home every single day after soccer practice. One of my best friends. His name was Jalen. And we would, uh, it was, it, he probably showed me a lot of rap music that uh, I probably still bump to now to this day. Keeps me in the know. Keeps me, keeps me cool. But I, like, I remember just like having such good conversations. We'd go to church and like, I just remember like him being one, like developing into one of my best friends because we didn't necessarily have the same skin color. We didn't necessarily have the same family situation. But I remember when he'd come over to my house, I remember that he'd always give my mom a hug. And I was like, dude, that's like my third brother. Like, what's up with this? Like, we, like our bond just kept getting closer and closer. Dude was a stud. He went off to, be, went off to go to Gardner-Webb University. He ran track. And he actually got to go and he competed in, in, a, in, a, in his like conference, like all conference. Uh, he competed even in an event he didn't even compete in regularly. And dude came in like second place overall. I'm like, dude, this guy is a stud. And I didn't even know he did track. I thought he just played soccer. And so I remember commenting on his Instagram post and I was like, man, I'm so proud of you. I remember seeing him like it. I hate to say that this story has kind of a bad ending, but Jalen going home from that conference, that uh, that track conference. He's going home and he's got his girlfriend in the car and the car pops the tire and it rolls over and Jalen dies that night. I mean, you're talking about being absolutely floorboarded. This is what I had to come home for for summer. One of my best friends goes from being on the top of the world of just, just absolutely killing it. I come and I'm telling him how much I love him. And then the next day he's gone. I notice how urgent this gospel is. So no longer, I don't care what people think about me. Because I know and I hate to say that I personally experienced that there's not going to be another day, another time that you can get your life right. That now is the time because we don't have tomorrow. That's what opened up my eyes is that this gospel is so urgent that God still heals and that He still forgives. So we're going to let that hesitation sink into our heart 
till we see people walk past our path and God opened up a door and we didn't take it. That we were so, so judgy, that we were so just critical, that man, we didn't just keep it simple and focused on what really mattered. Number three, last point, man, y'all can come on back up here. This is good. If you focus on what matters, you'll find out that your what is actually a who. If you really focus on what matters, you'll really figure out that that what is not really a what at all, it's actually a who. What I mean by that is that this focus on what really matters, no, I'm talking about we need to focus on the Savior of the world. That it's actually a who, that it's Jesus Christ who came down from that earth to live a perfect life, walking around with people just like us. And He went to that cross to die for us. That this Gospel is not about what you can do, it's actually a who who's already been to that cross, who's already done what the, the price that needed to be paid. Jesus already did that. It's no longer what, it's actually a who. And that's Jesus Christ. So as we go through this semester, I pray that our focus will not be so just fixed on stuff that doesn't even matter. These little small arguments of like, hey, I'll read the Bible this way and you read the Bible this way. How about we just say, look, I don't really know, but we'll figure it out when we get to heaven. I'm not going to argue with you. No, I'm going to focus on who matters, and that's Jesus. Because He hung out with people that are just like us. And if you don't know that freedom that He freely gives, that forgiveness that He freely gives, I pray that you experience that tonight. I'm going to be back in the back. But I pray that we don't miss this moment, that we're not worried about the day of, hey, maybe I'll get, maybe, maybe later on I'll get it fixed. Maybe one day I'll get it fixed. So once I have kids, I'll bring them to church, and that's when I'll get right because I want them raised right. What if we made a commitment as a ministry, each, and say, each one of us, to say, you know what? I'm not worried about what the world thinks of me. No longer worried. Because I know that this call is urgent and it's something that cannot, it can't wait another minute. Like I was doing pretty good and then summer happened and then all of a sudden, like I don't really know, me and God, I don't, I, my relationship is it's kind of questionable right now. Maybe the prayer tonight is, God, I need to focus on what matters and that's my relationship with you. It's not about how much good things I can do, what, what I can do to kind of earn that grace. No, it's like, look, it's simple. That grace is freely given, freely offered. Focus on what matters. Because your focus can get messed up real quick. It starts with something small, and then all of a sudden that focus that was aligned, and all of a sudden it got off course, man, by the time, if I were to walk straight back on this room, if I were to kind of veer off to the right eye, all of a sudden be on that exit sign, it, would, it just started off with that much to begin with. But all of a sudden I'm in this place that I didn't even know where I was. So tonight, Pursuit, can we focus on what matters? And that's Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray for us. Like I said, I'm going to be in the back. If you need somebody to pray with you, if you're trying to figure out life, you're like, hey, I don't, this is the first time I've even come to church. Man, I'm glad you're here. Praise God. I hope you keep coming. Because we're not worried about what you wear, what you look like. What really your beliefs are, man. We're just going to share that love of Jesus with you. you know, we know that that penetrates so much deeper than our judgment or our criticism. So I just want to tell you that we love you, but God loves you so much more. That your college experience can be different, not because of anything that you've done, but because of that, <laughs> what Jesus has already done for us. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.